live. What's well, up, everybody? We're live. Welcome to Hawk versus. We're not. He's live. We're from SiriusXM, and that's why he does that. It's he can't. He's programmed. True. To think that we're on a live show, I've because I was a SiriusXM person. I've had to train myself. No, dude, you can't take a call right now. It's not live. Well, you can take calls. I mean, I can have people call me. We're live to say. Okay. But and when when this is being recorded, like the fact, I'm the guest, by the way. Howie, Howie Mandel's here. He's- Howie Mandel. When it's recorded, yeah. I can be in another place listening to it without being here. Right. Right. And I could be taking calls wherever I am. Oh, my God. Right. Got that it. doesn't make it live. Do you want well, to go? I'll because we'll go right off the bat. Let's go. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I'm it's very excited semantics. to be we're here. Okay. I'm very excited. Hey, to be we're, here. we appreciate you coming here. Oh, I know. It was uh, a long you drive. came down all the way from Los Angeles. I yeah. felt obligated because you came all the way to Los Angeles to do my podcast. Thank you. And I think I used that for my leverage. Nice work. It he, was. He nice lives too. in LA. He comes down every week. But do yeah. oh, you don't even live here. You no. come, you come here for the. Why did you come here? To skateboard and to do this show with you. Thank you. I appreciate. Well, had I known you were coming from out, we could have carpooled. Yeah, you, you're funny. I didn't carpool. I, no. I, I mean, I wouldn't have, but I mean, it's nice right. to offer. I know. I appreciate it. Anyway, I'm so offer. excited to be here. And I'm so, there's a beautiful part of town. And this is an amazing, I, I would imagine your <clears throat> listeners see it, or these are viewers too, because this is YouTube. Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's YouTube. But your, your uh, facility here is just phenomenal. It's fun. You got, a, you got kind of a private exhibition. Kind of. No, you, you got, did. You got a, yeah. We call it demo. You got a, you got a private skate demo. I Andy McDonald and Tony Hawk did doubles for Howie Mandel. That's not right. Well, it's kind of day. like he owed me that because when he came to do my you. podcast and I let him watch me wash my hands. Oh, People wow. know that I'm a germaphobe. But, so yeah. it's in the room. This uh, and I, and I, I got to wash my hands and I did it. So, remember, I did a soap free. I did a soap free. Uh, right. Right. Um, wash. What's and a soap free wash without soap? You just rub your hands and water. Oh. And then I did a, I, I, you saw the demo that I did with uh, Purell. Right. Yeah. You do yeah. both. I do both. There was a moment here on the ramp when you were debating sliding down from the top. No, there was no debate. Oh. You but I good. offered, but, I but, gonna... but here's here, what I remembered about you talking about germaphobe is uh, I offered to hold your hand so that you can go out over the coping and then drop you and you're like, no, that would mean you'd have to touch my hands. And yeah, I don't want to be touched. Yes. I mean, it's amazing I have three children. I, I don't like to be touched. I was going to say, you don't mind boning though, right? I don't use, I can do it hands-free now. <laughs> do, you, the last, do you bone with, no, with gloves on? Pardon me? You, do you have sex with hands gloves free, on? Just hands free. Hands free. You just wait. When you have sex with your wife, you just raise your <laughs> hands, hands up, in the air. Hands up. That's how it goes. That is. She's my glory hole. What about trail? <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Right? You don't have to touch. Like, what you don't about, touch somebody on the other side of the wall. You don't wall. want any traction? What? You don't want any… You don't oh, want to… Well, I have handles and stuff. And also, can I tell you that this is not only an honor doing that. I'm actually a fan of yours also. That's super weird and I appreciate Why it. Why is that weird? Uh, I'm insignificant, but it's still really cool. I appreciate you it. You have a self-esteem problem. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You, you do. I'm not trying yeah, to- we talk about that every week. Oh, really? You do? Because yeah, he was telling me, I mean, I've, I've talked to you for a couple of minutes before we got on the air and you talked about that you're in therapy and yeah. you kind of understand that you have issues. Yeah. I have issues too. Yeah, I, I figured that a little bit. No, a lot. Yeah. No, but I listened but to you. you I, to- I, I, I got introduced to you on the Howard Stern show and uh-huh. then I uh, went over to your channel on, uh, on Sirius. Yeah, Faction. Now, yes. Yeah. And now I'm here. We're, we're talking. This has been a really amazing day for me. I'm not uh, all kidding aside. Oh, Tony. thank you. Uh, uh, because um, I don't know if you've mentioned it on any of your other platforms. You did. You put it on a story. I saw it on a story. But uh, I, when Tony came over and my podcast, Howie Mandel Does Stuff, will air in the same week. But you informed me that you named a trick. I think I asked you, you to name a trick. You asked me to and I had just created a new trick. Days before that, that didn't have an official name. And I was explaining that, you know, I've been in the business for 40 years and I, I, I and not that I'm uh, flexing here, but I'm flexing a little bit. You know, I have a star on the Walk of Fame and I've had some stuff and some success. But I think. Sonali. Pardon me? Super good. That's what I was saying. So gnarly. What, what, he's using skate. So gnarly. Skate oh, yeah. I, I he's did. he's giving you praise. No, I I heard your it was, flex was. I know I know gnarly. It's, just, it's the accent that I'm having. Up gnarly, man. Gnarly. gnarly. What about that? Gnarly. 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 I didn't know what gnarly was, but it is gnarly. But there's it, but it means so much more to me to have a, a Tony Hawk move named after me. I think that yeah. means a lot. And oh, well, to know yeah. that he 
did it on the day that you were here and it's a trick that it could just never happen it's again. It's very difficult. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And he decided to do that now in you're front of you it, with now so you're much pressure. It, now you're making it less. No, it's more. No, no, no. It's more because I you had picked, to work for it. I had to work for it. No, the fact that it, yeah. you worked for it and, and I'm not easy. And I was, somebody said the Howie is so, Howie's so fucking hard. Yeah, and I didn't I know what that. they were talking about. You did. Yeah. And, and then, but the point is that the fact that you've come up with the trick, you did the trick, you worked hard on the trick, and it's never going to be seen again is a little bothersome. Oh, you should have oh, said. Oh, I never said I wouldn't do it again. You but. just said it. I no, I can't believe he did it on video one time. He could have just showed you the video, and then we could have put it on the podcast. But right. to say I'm going to do a live Howie in front of Howie Mandel is borderline stupid because it might not work out, <laughs> that's, and that's you might just saying. be standing it, on the it, deck going, yeah. "I thought you said that the Howie was really cool, but yeah, it this, just looks like all you do is fall off on this the day. Howie. Could have been a miserable fail. Well, let me tell you something. It meant so much to me that what I did is. You know that I'm into extreme sports too. I do. I'm not. I don't skate. Right. But you know I do uh, parkour. And heavy. What? Uh, well, not a specific type of parkour. I do. Um, it, uh, let me try to pull it up. You mean when you run up the ramp and slide down it? No, no parkour. I do in, real parkour. Well, my uh, I, it's indoor. I do indoor uh, senior parkour, and I brought one of my routines, That's and it. I did Tony. Name one of my moves after you. Oh, I will. Thank you. If it's you're like watching it on YouTube, you could see it. I gave you the the video, but I'll take you through the all the moves right step here. Step by step here. Yeah. So let me just start it right, right where we're. This flex is not as heavy. What do you mean? Uh, what are the, you saying? I just think the star on the is a bigger flex than parkour of any caliber. Are you? Are you uh, what kind Am of? Am I shitting on your you? parkour? A little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> So this is indoor senior parkour, and right. I do this. This is me. I come in. Uh, let me just stop every move. Hang on. So I've come. I've dropped into a room from the left. Dropped in. Yeah. Okay. You what enter the room. Yes. You know, you have your terminology <laughs> for what you do. I have my terminology so for what I do. So far, you're standing in a living room. Just for the people, like you're getting, you're, you seem like you're offended, but so far you're standing no, in a room. I. I came in from the left. Okay, so you're saying you can walk. And then and then and then I head right to the right to the couch. I'm yeah. heading right to the couch. Oh no, you're just not gonna as sit I down, hit, are you? Just as I hit the coping, just as I hit the the coping, the edge of the couch, I don't know if you see that I twist away, right. leading with the right arm. I twist away from the couch. Is that back side or front side? Yeah. I'm, my back is facing the couch for those that are just listening. And down and set. I sit. Okay, legs up on the legs ottoman. Up, yeah. Both legs go up on the ottoman. Wait, back down from the ottoman. I push off the couch, move to the back of the room, turn to the right, twist, and lean against a wall. This is the Tony. Tony tries that The Tony's coming in. Watch. Oh. Well, I, I don't want to get into around. That's it. That's it. So I come off the wall, heading back toward the camera. I'm coming to the outside of the ottoman. I go to the outside of the ottoman, miss the corner of the ottoman. This is the Tony right here. Oh, okay. this is the Tony right here, and uh, I'm going to be the ottoman to perform the Tony. This ottoman, I worked it. This is something you may see once and you may never see again. But the fact that I got it here, and it was interesting to see when you were trying to show me the Howie, how many tries. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be totally honest. This is something that I edited together and I put together. This was um, the sixth time I used to. A couple times when, as I was going around the uh, the ottoman, my uh, shin would just scrape along the ottoman. But look, here wow. it is, totally clear. Look, I came back in the ottoman, folded both arms inside, look away, and reset. Wow, perfect landing right there. So that's inside senior parkour with a Tony by the ottoman. I'm honored, I think. Can we get that footage to show people on the Yeah, I gave, we are, I gave it to him. Oh, I are. gave it to him. Wow, you guys. Wow. Some, you know I mean? I thought, and here I, I was thinking that we were the athletes. No, yeah. at my age, I'm 66 years old. And I, I talked to you about this, uh, Tony, before, because you're doing, uh, how old are you? 50. Well, you're 50 also? Yeah, I'm hanging with so you guys. There's, there's, well, I've I'm, I'm, got a decade on both of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But, but the point is, in the fifty, in their 50s, both of you guys are doing things that are beyond what most people would be doing. And uh, you're not alone. <laughs> there we go. No, because you saw. We're, we're, we're kindred spirits. 
Yeah. Yes, that's so it. I'm like, Got it. and uh, though uh, sometimes uh, the, uh, do you have any questions? I do. Go ahead. Uh, we met. Uh, <laughs> we met on Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal. The yep. original Deal or No the Deal original, is on a, NBC. Yes. When it was the. It was it, huge. It was huge. It, it was, was huge. It was. I, I changed game shows, as they are known today, like you did for the sport of deal, or, or no, no deal. deal. So, the but the funny story about that, and we did talk about this on your podcast, but this is our podcast, so here we go. Yeah. Uh, you guys invited me to be a surprise guest for one of the contestants, uh, or a surprise. Yes. I don't yes. know. Well, an unknown a surprise because they you they were a huge fan of yours. That I was going to help them. Do you know how deal deal? Do you watch yeah. that? Okay, so then they they built a mini ramp, yeah. on the stage, and uncovered it, and they're like, "Hey, Tony's here to help you choose." And and then I did a little mini ramp demo, and then you had to stay. I had to stay to help people make decisions that could a yes or a no could change your life forever. Right, and a lot weighs on that their, answer. Their so life was not changed. In any way. But you, did you have input? And are you respond? Do you feel any responsibility to the fact that they had the opportunity of a lifetime? You showed up to surprise them and maybe help them, leverage them yeah. into making the decision that would change their life. And it didn't really work out. I think I, I just went with the the general consensus of their family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that whatever they said. Yeah, that sounds good. Are you and, talking about them skating? No, no, no. Deal or no deal is they were choosing no, numbers. Deal or no okay. deal. And so, the, they so they can win a million. Let me explain. Okay, okay. It, it can win a million dollars. Yep. There's no skill involved. Right. There's no trivia involved. All it is, is it's kind of a time and money management. If I offer you $50,000, yeah. you want to take the $50,000 cash now? Or do you want to say no deal and have a chance at opening up four more cases? All right. That where nobody knows, it's just random cases, because you might end up with a million-dollar case. And they asked Tony whether it would be a good idea or not. Or would she yeah, pick 10? Like, oh, yeah, pick 10. And I, I might, have requ- might have suggested one or two numbers, but this yeah, guy, I mean, it, one was number like, it was uncanny how every time he chose, it was the worst choice. Oh, okay. So he ended up with like $5. And he chose to listen to Tony. <laughs> so the, the combination made him broke. I don't know that he's broke. Well, he just wasn't better. Th- he wasn't in better shape leaving the show than he was showing. It's kind of yeah. like me on this podcast. I'm going to be in the exact same, whatever I, whatever I come into this podcast with is exactly what I'm leaving. Oh, no. This is going to open doors. This is it. This, yeah. this is your letterman appearance. This is going to change my life. Yeah, absolutely. I don't You're feel, finally going to make it. I don't feel like it. I don't feel <sighs> like this is… If you had gone down so that ramp insulting. on your ass, things would have changed. <laughs> so I have a question. I made my way down here, and then it said I was on a toll road. Yeah. How do how do they bill me? Like I don't even I don't know how you, you get gotta on a have toll it road. in your car. You have a little monitor thing, and it detects you and goes, "You're good. You paid your." They thing. send you. They send you a bill. On, how will like, they find me? They they take a photo of your license. Yeah, they got you. It's coming in the mail. Yep. So I just wait. Yeah, and then yeah. you have to pay a fine. A fine. I don't think it's oh, been no. a fine the first time. But. Oh, okay. No, but it said you can do it online. Oh, well, there you, you go. could do it online, and if you don't pay within five days, oh, that's then they'll it, yeah. then they'll fine you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have the. But how do I? Where do I go online to find out how much I owe to be on this? Usher glory hole. Usher glory hole. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. Are you married? Yeah. You're not married. Yeah. You were married. I remember on the show. Didn't you get a divorce? Yeah, I got married again. Oh, to the same person. Nah, nah. <laughs> New one, one way. brand new one, yeah, or a refurbished one. No, a brand new one that's like a whole different person. You find, don't you find that most people like the other person is always a whole different person? <laughs> sure, yeah. except for Siamese, maybe married a Siamese twin. No, no, it's a complete different person with a different outlook. So that's why we could be married because the other person, me being me, you can't a be married to me. I married a who? A lookout? No, no, I just Didn't married just somebody. Say, it's old new outlook. Yeah, I thought you married a lookout to stand at the window while you do whatever you do (laughs) to go. Oh no! Well, sometimes she does that too. Yeah, (laughs) you have children. Hey, everybody! Tony Hawk, Jason Ellis, Hawk versus Wolf, talking about DoorDash. Do you like food? What about drinks? What about band aids? That was a weird one to throw in there. I like them, but I I hope I don't need them. Right. 
But let's but say- But I need them more often than not. Unfortunately, you probably do. You also, Tony, I've noticed this because I'm a very observant man. You eat food. Frequently. Right. And sometimes- In abundance. Sometimes you're, in, you're very busy from skateboarding and doing podcasts where you don't have time to go down to your favorite store and get the True. food you want, Tony. True. Sometimes you get it delivered to the studio. More often than not. <laughs> sometimes he uses DoorDash. So do I. Isn't that a small world? If you're like us. You too? I know, right? Crazy. I, whoa. Living in this small we world. hang out. We should, right? That'd yeah. be a great idea. We should record when we hang out too. Totally. 25% off everybody. So if you don't get the, if you don't have the DoorDash app, get it now and then use the promo code WOLF. So, yeah, the, hey, DoorDash, you might want to add Hawk to it. Just saying, the guy uses it more than me. So 15% off when you download the DoorDash app and you enter the code WOLF, 25% off up to $10 value, zero delivery freeze on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code WOLF. Don't forget code WOLF for 25% off your first order, everybody, with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Oh, mate, Jason Ellis here from Hawk versus Wolf. You might have heard of us talking about good RX. Some of us have prescriptions. Some people get them every now and then. Like, sometimes I break stuff and then I get painkillers. This could be a bad conversation. Sometimes I have meds that help me go to sleep every day. And I probably pay extra for them because I don't use good RX. But... um. They do do a lot, I, and I'm just starting to realize this. Uh, it's accepted in over 70,000 pharmacies nationwide, CVS, Kroger, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Vons, Walmart, you name it, baby. They've got it. Um, if you want to get a deal, GoodRx is looking to help out our listeners. Go to GoodRx.com slash wolf. That's GoodRx.com slash wolf. GoodRx.com slash wolf. We use it, and I mean, we recommend that you use it. And if you do use it, then people know by using the code that you listen to this show, and then everybody's having a good time. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. GoodRx is not insurance, but can be used instead of insurance. In 2021, GoodRx users saved an average of 79% on retail prescription prices. So check them out. I'm happy yes. to hear that. It's happy to hear this is a, and, and I'm doing well. I've been uh, married yeah. to the same woman for. You four. never like had a big thing with a bunch of other girls or anything. You never no, did, like the. Never did that. Never, never wanted did, to. No, I'm a germaphobe. I don't want to touch anybody. It's I have a hard time touching her. Right. Even now, are you lying? Like honestly, if I can Am get I a straight, lying? like you find You're, it weird to touch your wife. Uh, not well, like a, shake her hand. But it, there's a pre, uh, uh, like a, as long as we're all washed and clean, right. But if you were just in the garden and then she was like, I know that she would never like say, put it there, homie. But if she was to, <laughs> and you would just, and she what was just in the garden. What image do you have with that? I'm standing in a garden. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Stands in and a then your wife walks out and is like, put it there, homie. Put it there, homie. What kind of world do you live in? Sometimes I drop to one knee and do this handshake with my wife in front no, of I get, other cars. I would shake her. I wouldn't shake. I mean, I hold her. I would hold her hand. Right. But, but if I it was dirty, would you hold it? Like gardening dirty? Yeah. Yeah. What but if she just came subway, in from no getting way. groceries? Getting groceries? No. Subway. That's right. No, that, what? Yeah. She was in the subway. Not the sandwich. The sandwich? Oh, Not on. the sandwich? Not if the she sandwich. held the pole, if she touched the pole and then, in the subway. Yeah. And then came home. No, not before she washes her hands. Yeah, that's rough. Does she, does she Did, need to have a shower before you have sex with her? Yes. Tony's shaking his head wow. like Jason. Don't stop to, talking. Is that bad? No, the vagina. No, this is just not the path I thought we were going down with this. With this well, interview. The, it wasn't he the lead singer in Taint something. <laughs> Taint Tony yes. Hawk's Taint Sick. No, it was, oh, yep. it was Taint Sick yes. in the end. Yeah, you know Taint. about my band. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He knows about both bands. Death, Death, Die. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Death, Death, Die has some of the same members as Taint Sick. It's the exact same members. That's actually. what I thought. Yeah, yeah we broke. So, we had a record deal, and then we realized that the record label takes all the money. Right, and we were we weren't a real band that was going on tour. We were like, well, we just wanted money for the album sales. Right, and then we realized, oh, they get all that. Right. So if we make our own album, we'll get all the money. So right. then we were like, we'll change the name of the band. So we made up a joke on the radio that we broke up because of musical differences. But right. We didn't. We didn't. just wanted to not have a 
a manager. So you didn't want to pay the record company. Yeah. And then we had our own record label and Death, Death, Die Records. That's the exact same story that Prince went through. You know that. Very similar. Just you, no talent. Death, Death, or- Die and Taint. Are exactly like the Purple Rain, like like Prince. I show I my Prince artist, the artist formerly known as Taint. Ooh. <laughs> so how I do have to ask you? You, yes. you are um, a, a self-proclaimed uh, germaphobe. Oh, I don't think I'm self-proclaimed. Everybody, yeah. anybody who's yeah. in the room will claim it. Also, but do you feel like once COVID hit, you're like, see, told you. Well, you know what? Uh, people always say that to me, but no, it's been my biggest fucking nightmare. It's horrible. It's, 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 so it's exponentially made your concern worse. worse. So the thing was, if there was any comfort, and I'm all kidding aside, you know, I suffer from mental health issues and I'm medicated and uh, COVID wrecked me. Um, I'm, I'm now, thank God I'm drinking liquid death because I'm, I'm uh, sober now. I but try- how did you emerge from that? From, from from COVID, from from the I didn't. I'm still in COVID. So so the 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 thing was that uh, you know there was a nice besides my therapy and my medication, it was always nice to be surrounded by people that go, Howie, please, it's okay, you'll be fine, you'll be okay. But then when you don't have that, and the whole world is dressed like a fucking surgeon, <laughs> and nobody's touching, and just you see that sound that he just made. That's like a that horrible scream. Yeah, okay, that was yeah. like it's I heard that I like a, a death all the time. Scream, Relax, a death scream. That doesn't matter. That no. was it. You now. No, saying, in, but for uh, for like, sorry, it's a trigger. But I was so so when COVID started, I started. I I can't. I don't like night. I don't like um, nothing. You know, I'm not good with my own mind. Like right now, uh, I'm busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm I'm doing this. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm doing this. But when when I'm not doing anything, I go crazy. So I started taking gummies, you know, and then uh, edibles. Right. Oh, okay. I didn't. Know. I thought you were sober. Well, I'm telling you, now I am. So I started taking gummies just to go to sleep. Uh. And then it wasn't enough. So then I started taking more gummies because you, you get a resistance. Yep. And then that wasn't enough. And then I started drinking and taking gummies because that, oh, that was, no. uh, that, that, I, I was doing that. And then that wasn't enough. And then I was smoking every day, drinking and taking gummies until I couldn't, I just had to get to a point where I was uh, basically comatose. Yeah. And then I realized that's not good. So I don't have a, I, I have a very um, addictive personality. Yeah. Whatever I do, uh, I do to the nth degree. Did, so I can't do a little bit of anything. Did you struggle with that in the past? No, no. Just now, you've recently got a little bit of a, you had a little bit of a drinking and marijuana addiction. Just to knock myself of out addiction. I just didn't want to be here, you know. But back in the 80s and all that stuff, you never went down that road in your comic life. You weren't. No, I didn't. And it's really weird. And I just, that was COVID that I just tried to escape this COVID nightmare. And I was just knocking myself out. So it wasn't easy. And it wasn't like I had no, I took no pleasure in going, told you. You know, the last, I didn't want to be, you know, you just think, they say misery loves company, but I was miserable. And I hated that everybody else in the world was miserable. And there was nobody to really put me at ease. So I would knock myself out every night. And now I don't. And now I'm just but, drinking liquid. Here's Tony and I are in, <laughs> Tony oh and I are part owners. We are. This yes. is a business venture. So I'm just trying True. to be a yeah, good friend. Yeah, and you're helping no, us out. Can I be your friend? Yes. yes. Okay, so I'm being your friend. We're going to send you cases of Drinking this. water from the Alps. Yep. It's really from the Alps? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It says wow. right there. Wow. Many mountains die and for that, that water. And, and you know what? And uh, the can is recyclable. So everything is good about this. Yeah, no plastic, baby. Thing. Murder your thirst. I like that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay. Okay, so I do want to ask you how, did you, how did you escape the trappings of being a comic in the 80s when it was such a party atmosphere? I mean, they're up late. It's kind well, of- I didn't, you know, there was two factions. There was that faction that was hanging with like Kinnison and all those guys. Yeah. And then there, I wasn't... I wasn't really part of it. I was kind of an outcast even at the comedy store because I came here in like 79, 78, I came here and I and right away I, I was on vacation and I got seen by accident at the I I got dared to go up on on stage in Canada. I'm from Canada and I got dared and I just did it with no um, probably like you, Tony. I, I think when you started skateboarding, you didn't think this is going to be my job. No, no, and it's fun. When you get home from school, you just Mm -hmm. want to get on your board and you want to skate. When I got home from work, I got thrown out of school. I got diagnosed later as with ADHD and a bunch of OCD and other things. I don't have a GED. And I got thrown out of school and I was a bit of a troublemaker. So I was working 
And then I went one night in the mid seventies to a comedy club just to, just to go as an audience member with no aspiration of being a, it didn't seem like it was even a job, you know, from Canada and you know, it, I didn't know anybody in show business, but I went and they said, anybody want to get up? And I got dared to get up. Yeah. And um, because it, maybe you don't know this because you're from uh, Australia, but I, um, the first thing that I did was uh, one of the first things I did, I didn't have anything and I didn't have a plan, but my hands were in my pocket and I was going, okay, all right, all right. If you look at my old uh, YouTube things, my, I just fear, you know, and I'm going, okay, all right. And I had but, nothing. But that, that lasted. Right, just my fear of not having, and I put my hands in my pocket, and in my pocket, I had rubber gloves because I always went out with rubber gloves because if I had to go to the bathroom in a public place, Germs. I wouldn't touch. The, oh wow, that's I amazing! Wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the door, and then I took out the On rubber glove, I've and then I pulled, a, I pulled the rubber glove over my head because I, I was just I, scared as fuck. I didn't know what to do on stage, and I pulled it over my head and I started breathing, and the, the fingers were going up, and the audience was roaring, and I blew it up and popped off my head, and they roared, and I went good night, and then the 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 host <laughs> said, "Come back tomorrow night," and I go, "What what what's tomorrow night?" He goes, "Come." on tomorrow night and i go do what he goes do that again i go what did i do and he goes and that, go ahead. you didn't know you were you like because that's a character that you accident that's you kind it's just of me it wasn't but then, a character but then, but then it eventually obviously well, you then, turned it on right like uh, were, well eventually and if you go and watch me now as a stand-up i'm very different but i also like to you know, even though after 40 years and having a plethora of material and kind of knowing what works and being able to do voices and sounds and everything I came to was by accident, um, I look to be taken off the beaten path. I love when something fucks up with the mic. I love when something's happening in the room. And those are the nights and those are the things that I remember. You know, in my, uh, I've I did about 10 cable specials. And one of the, the most prominent pieces that people keep coming up and telling me about is, you know, I did one of my specials in the round. Yep. I, I watched Howie. that. I watched that many, many times. So the thing that people talk about is, is one girl got up to go to the bathroom. Yes. And you and move it, people. <laughs> so I realized it's in the round. So she went up and I go, wait. And I just stopped the whole act. We're taping a special, yes. right? And I go, okay, wait, this is what we're going to do. Cause, and it was just a, I was just fucking with myself because it's funny. And I took about 40 people that were sitting around her after she left the, the room. And I put them all different places and moved different people. And I said, guys, you could listen to me, but don't call attention. We're going to see this woman walk in. She's going to come down one aisle because it's in the round. She's going to look down her aisle and nobody's going to look familiar. And then she'll turn around. She'll walk back up the aisle. You'll see her come in and, and let's just enjoy this. This is very meta. This is just enjoy it. And I don't give a fuck if none of my material comes out or anything comes out. And the truth is in the special, it's maybe about three minutes cut in. But it was like 20 minutes of this woman comes down the aisle, looks at her ticket. You can see she doesn't know anybody. Then she, in confusion, she walks up. She comes out another aisle. She's, it's just this one lost woman in the middle of 3,000 people just looking. And if that was only my special, I would have been thrilled with that. So my best moments come out of things that really happen. That's why I like pranks and I like hidden camera. And I like, I like real stuff more than, I don't like jokes. I don't like... You know, and I don't really prepare. I have no preparation to even be on this podcast today or even when you came on my podcast. I don't really prepare. Could you tell? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Jason Ellis, Tony Hawk, Ship Station. Do you deliver stuff? Do you like it? If you're my fan and you got stuff for, like, you got my book, uh, Still Awesome. First, I just want to say I really appreciate that because nobody got that book. <laughs> Wait, this is a plug for your book? Yeah. Well, I, that, That's you. This is one thing yeah. that I know for a fact that when people order my book, they get it every time and I know how they get it. I use ShipStation. There you go. And I don't have this promo code. <laughs> so I'm kind of pissed. Is it too late for me to add that? Anyway, if you guys want to get your stuff, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got a business and you want to get stuff out there and you want to, uh, somebody you can count on, ShipStation is 98% of all people that ship stuff use ShipStation. Use uh, our promo code WOLF and get a $60 free trial. That's two months free. No hassle, stress-free shipping. Go to ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in WOLF. ShipStation. Make ship happen speciosa yeah they make kratom and uh i'm jason ellis and i use kratom a lot 
And they gave me a package and I was like, what? I'm not used to this new stuff. Nope, it's good. Same thing. Does the same thing. It's excellent. If you don't know what Kratom is, you should probably Google it. If you're not 18, don't listen to this. Uh, you know, It's for adults to take the edge off. Probably from dealing with you little bastards. Anyway, it works really good. And we've got an awesome promo code for you guys. 20% off if you go to getsuperleaf.com slash wolf. That's 20% off, everybody. If you try it, use the promo code WOLF. That's getsuperleaf.com slash WOLF. And use the promo code WOLF for 20% off, everybody. Enjoy. Yeah, but but you have you have these decades of experience of quick comebacks. So uh, but, but those quick comebacks, I, I always say that everything I've ever been punished for, expelled for, hit for is what I get paid for today. And I kind of look up to you, Tony, because I think that so few people in life uh, end up doing something. I, I think life is, and I'm telling you this as a 66-year-old man, life is crazy short. I mean, if you told me I was in high school 10 years ago, I mean, I know I wasn't. It was like 50 years ago, but it feels like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and, the th- and your perspective as you get older, time seems to go faster and faster and faster. You know, we are taught that you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And this is how it goes. But you have such a, the, the, people aren't passionate about things. The fact that the whole day in school, you sat there and then you thought, I just want to get on my board. And go to the park. Yeah. And what did you want to do? It's not because I'm going to make a fortune. It's not because I'm going to compete. It's because you were going to have fun. And, you know, when I got dared to go on stage and then that ha- those people were laughing at me, it was the first time somebody wasn't saying, get the fuck out of here. Or, what the fuck are you doing? Or get out of here. That's, I was just having fun. Yeah. And the truth is, if I was a waiter today and, and I, for once a week I could go to a comedy club I don't care really about the notoriety, the money, the fame or anything. If I could just have that moment, that's my favorite time. Regardless of everything I've done in my career and I've done things from film and voiceover and everything, standing up on stage in front of people live is what I love the most. Yep. That's my vert. That's my drop mm-hmm. in. That's my, my that, that, when somebody goes, ladies and gentlemen, Howie Mandel, that's when my, my heart, and I'm still, I can control it better than I did when I was young. But if you look at those things, people thought I was on cocaine. Well, I wasn't. I was just yeah, scared yeah. shitless. I get that. You know, I was going, I was going, okay, all right, okay, okay. And they would start giggling at my, you know, just trying to grasp anything. And, and, they, and then I'd go, what, what? Because I didn't know why they were laughing. <laughs> yeah. And that became my thing. It was nothing. I had nothing. And even the things that I ended up doing as voiceovers, you know, like Bobby's World and Gremlins and all those other things. I was at a birthday party choking on a piece of cake. And the... The cake went halfway down my throat and I couldn't breathe. And you know, when you take a, um, when you cut off the air of, you blow up a balloon and you take the nipple of a balloon and you stretch the balloon and it's yeah. got that high pitched sound. Yeah. I was trying to push air out. So I'm going, help me. That's what my, my. I'm doing, that's, that's the Bobby voice. Oh, you know, wow. and that's, so that I ended up. That came from near death experience. Near death. And everybody, I talk about it on stage and everybody was laughing and I was fucking dying. And I'm going, I can't. <laughs> You can hear that I close. If I loosen it, then I, I can loosen it and it can be like that. And that became my voice. And I would fuck around in school and, and make people laugh. And then that became my thing. And I would do it on stage. And I know it sounded like a little kid. And that became Bobby's World. But even before Bobby's World, I was on a show called Muppet Babies. Remember Muppet Babies? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. So I was Skeeter. Skeeter is Scooter's little. Yeah, yeah. It's, the same, it's the same voice. Oh, yeah. so this is Skeeter. And this is Bobby. And then I got the movie Gremlins. I'm Gizmo, the first little fuzzy one that starts all the gremlins. That if, if you get them wet after a minute, and he goes, the same voice, but it wasn't something that I aspired to do or tried to do, you know? But it's that's no- iconic. I mean, that's amazing. But once you found that voice, you you realize that I there parlayed. was something. Right. But you the same it, as you guys. But same- how did you initially... Like who pitches you to voiceover jobs? Like- I had a friend that was doing voiceovers, Frank Welker, who is the Mel Blank of my generation. Yeah. Who Mel Blank, for those that don't know, is the voice of Bugs Bunny and every Warner Brothers okay. cartoon you yeah. ever want to do. And he was doing, uh, you know, he he did was you call him or did he? Call no, you? he just called. He goes, that funny voice is real that you do right. would be good. And then I had friends that were in the group Second City that got hired to be to write and develop when Fox started their Saturday morning program. And they called me and they said, why don't you do Bobby? And, oh, I, and Bobby, when I was doing on stage, that was, I would do this baby voice and do, talk filthy. Yeah. And it was a baby that would talk filthy. 
And then I said, how do you do this on Saturday morning? And we just started sitting around and telling stories about what happened to us when we were kids or uh, the, the shit we were dealing with with our children. And those are the stories that Bobby told, you know? So they built it around your voice. I, I wrote it with them. We wrote it. I never wrote Saturday Morning, and it lasted for 10 seasons. It was number one, and it's- Someone told me that you, at some point, when you had to do that voice for long enough, you would, it, makes you, it would make you throw up. No. No, it's actually easier to talk in that voice than this. This is, if I lose my voice totally- Okay, so whoever told me that anecdote sucks. Sucks. It's like when people tell you that some punk, punk rock singers- vomit from screaming or emo guys oh yeah oh yeah, like, even the ozzy osbourne you know the ozzy osbourne story where yeah, he bit off the head yeah, of the bat yeah, yeah. yeah do you know what that is well yeah he there was a it was doves that were in the in a in a meeting no it was a bat and he bit it off in the meeting right no so he was on stage oh people, sorry two different ones my bad because he has bitten off a lot of animals heads <laughs> no yes he has he bit off dove heads in a meeting no it's not true go read his book i okay. i worked with sharon osbourne for you would know yeah, I do. Yeah, he, he, he loves we'll animals. You. Yeah. He he loves animals. So people, because he was the the prince of darkness on yes. his thing, people would throw these rubber snakes and yeah. bats at the at the stage. He and strange. he was in the middle of performing, and it, he thought somebody threw this rubber bat, and he picked up this rubber bat and he bit off the head, and then he went fuck, it's real, and it flew into the stage. Nobody was more sickened than Ozzy Osbourne. Right. But, it, you know, you always hear these stories. I'm but, glad we cleared that up. But I have... <laughs> <laughs> read his book. It's amazing. It's amazing. His book is really amazing. I got to say, you just doing the... Wait, wait, wait. Like, it, that is such a big moment for me because I told you, I watched that special many, many times. And to have you here, and I hear that voice coming out of you, like, it, it's pretty amazing. But what's amazing to me, and I said this to you when you were on my podcast, and, and I feel like you... I don't know you as well. I'm a fan of yours. But if people live their lives and their life becomes who they are and what they do instead of what you think the world wants you to do mm, or yeah. you're supposed to do, I think that that's the way it's supposed to be. And, and that's why, you know, I've said this ad nauseum, but, you know, if you listen to radio, I know you were on somewhat traditional radio, you know, Wednesday is hump day. And the connotation is that by Wednesday, you know, you're getting over a hump of doing all this shit you don't want to do so you can get to the weekend and not even do anything. Yeah. Like right. nobody finds whatever their passion is. And even if your passion changes, then do your new passion. Uh, and with, when you look at people who kind of focus and do their passion, everybody seems to get successful. If you really just focus on it, if you could not wait, Tony, for every waking moment when you're sitting in your class or you're sitting at home to go out to the park or to go meet your friends and to go get on a board, it's not a secret that you're the best in the world or you're the most well-known in the world. And what I learned, you know, if somebody had asked me as a kid, do you want to be a comedian? I would go, well, first of all, when I grew up, what are you, some kind of comedian? Was a, <laughs> yeah. was a negative, yes. you know? And how do you become a comedian? And what is a comedian? And then, and everything else I did, you know, uh, you know, then do you want to be an actor? I didn't study acting. And then I got, it, it, I went and met at, uh, because I had done those specials in the eighties, the normal transition uh, from being a stand-up comic and having some success was to get a sitcom. And I went and met at, uh, MTM to go see if I can get, if they'll develop a sitcom for me. It just turns out they were doing this show called St. Elsewhere, which was this, dramatic show and they were recasting they had already started shooting it and they go can you act i go i don't know they put me in saint elsewhere for seven years i started on the same show as denzel washington I, i'm not a dramatic actor and I, but i did that yeah and then when they asked me to host a game show that's the first thing i said no to the game show and why because when your um currency is irony and comedy oh, at the okay. time you got to take yourself back to 2005 no comedians had ever or were doing game shows. The, right. the game show host was the uh, punchline. Would that I, be considered a sellout of sorts yeah, by the comedy? Yeah, just like right. a movie star doing commercials at the time. Right. A right. comedian being, you know, and, and no, no, uh, I don't mean any uh, disrespect, but, you know, I don't want to read uh, trivia questions and stand there in a suit and be, you know, Pat Sajak right. or Alex Trebek. But you, so, but you made it into such a great platform. By accident. So what happened was, yeah. I was really depressed at the time. And I was about to leave 
the business. By 2005, you know, when I exploded at the, in the, when I did a young comedian special in 1980 is where I, I took off from. And on my young comedian special, um, HBO special, it was me. The kids were me, Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. um, Richard Lewis, and um, I, the Smothers Brothers presented it. I can't remember everybody. Harry Anderson was on it. And, and then I started getting HBO specials and, and I started doing really well. And then I met with them to go do it. And they put me on this dramatic show. And I was playing like big 10,000 seat places and selling out two shows a night and going overseas and doing, playing England and Sick. Australia and playing all these places. By 2005, I don't think I was selling out a club and I was going and auditioning for five lines and under on folding chairs and casting oh, well, offices. It went so, backwards. Well, it, it, you know, everybody's career is uh, flows. not yours. But oh, no. what are you talking about? Very much so. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. I feel like you've always been on this. No, I didn't know because I kind of thought the same thing, especially being a skateboarder, that it's always been great to be Tony Hawk. But from doing this show and being a guest on other people's shows with him, and him talking about uh, at one point buying recording equipment because there's no money in skateboarding and now I'm going to be a, a video oh, I bought, editor. Yeah, I video editor, yeah. Editing system. I borrowed yeah. money from my parents to buy it. But but by the same by that same perspective, we never imagined from from the outsider view Howie Mandel ever. So I wasn't doing anything. I've been had, really good. I've been really good because I didn't really trust show business. I I had invested and I like real estate and I mm. like uh, you know. It's a rare well, thing for a comedian. But I'd say from our perspective, we we didn't see any of your lower points or that anything slowed down for you. If you were in a club in 2005 with another 60 people watching me pull <laughs> a glove yes. on my head, you would have yeah. you would have known that. So I just said, this is hard, and I keep getting kicked in the nuts. And you know, I'm I'm sitting there with uh, in with five people that I don't know that kind of look like me, trying to get five lines on a Man. sitcom, and I couldn't get it. So I said, I'm done. And then I got a call from NBC. We're doing this game show, which is this format that's blowing up all over the world and we need you we want you we can't do it without you and uh so uh, i said no because it's a game show and i thought my, i'm ending my career anyhow on my own terms and this is gonna i've told this story a lot uh, uh, this is gonna be the nail in the coffin of my career oh. and it'll be humiliating and uh, it's not how i want to be remembered oh, and then my wife said you know mentally I'm, i was just going down a really dark wormhole she goes just get out and do it just do it it doesn't matter. You're leaving anyhow. Just take the check. Go be busy. And I phoned them back and I said, I'll do it. And this was on a Friday. And then they, I said, uh, and they said, that's fantastic. We couldn't have done it without you. And I said, when does it start? And they said, we take Monday. And I said, well, don't wow. you need a set? And they said, they built a set. And I said, don't you need models and stuff? They go, we got, we have them. So how fucking down the, the rung was I? How many Everyone, people yeah, said, no. Everyone was in position waiting for you like to walk the through the door. I feel like the guy that was replacing you was like, had to get, got called and said, don't worry about it. We got Howie. Like, right, but I'm saying they probably asked everybody in town and everybody said no. So the point was, I went and did that show and it blew up like crazy. It was like the biggest thing ever. And the, the, the point was that after that, you know, Fox launched Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader with Jeff Foxworthy. And, you know, Steve Harvey does every other game show. Mm -hmm. And now after that, every game show is kind of hosted by a comedian. Before that, there was no, before it right. was like mm -hmm. Rocho Marx did You Bet Your Life. And then between that, there was no comedians. Those were game show hosts. Those were very serious broadcasters who wore suits. You know, not that I didn't wear a suit, but I, but it. it and very rarely did they veer from the game show they had. It was like right, they, game made show. The, they made that game show their own and then they were a lifer there. And that's all they did. Yep. And Deal or No Deal has given me the opportunity. You know, I opened up a production company and has given me the opportunity to start selling more tickets, to do more stand-up. I continue to do stand-up. Though it's, uh, people are very, now there's like a thousand, they're either playing your game online. You know, not everybody's just watching network TV. They're either playing, <laughs> right. they're yes. playing the game, they're going to movies, they're watching YouTube. So it's it's really funny. I've, if people are fans of whatever AGT right now, America's Got Talent, they go, oh, I used to love when you were a comedian. Well, I still am. And I'm still out there. Yeah, that's, oh, that must be weird. It is. Nobody says to you, I love when you used to skateboard. They, <laughs> uh, they tell me that. Yeah, they do. They, they do. <laughs> I get that one. Mostly it's, it's, uh, Oh man, do you still skate once in a while? I said, no. Yeah, all the time. Really? <laughs> at your age? I get that a lot. Like, 
I get that. I and when you get past 50 and it is a, yeah, yeah. a miraculous but, thing sure. that you can still do it. I don't care what your Well, I think that's is. amazing that you guys are still standing up and not, you know, hurting. Maybe it does He hurt, is hurting. He does. T- still, that's the most impressive well, part I've about it. I watched you today. Is you no. slam still and then show yeah, up the next I, day. I <laughs> it's a highlight of a yes. Right. No, but even trying it, to get the Howie yeah, no, did not lot. look easy. No. And not only did it not look easy from whatever that skill set is that takes you to land exactly where you want. You know, what's really interesting as a layman, when you watch somebody skateboard, it looks like um, it's hard to believe that every one of those moves, the way that board is moving, everywhere your hand is and everywhere your body is, is actually thought out and planned because it looks like it's a bunch of kids just flying crazily through the air. It really does to somebody who isn't, Mm -hmm. who doesn't know it. But the fact that that's planned, you know, I always find it even when I'm watching the Olympics and now congratulations, you, you're responsible for bringing your sport to the Olympics. But even now with the winter Olympics playing and I watch the snowboarders and the, 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 you know, it looks like they just fling themselves in the air. It does. Yeah. And it, because it goes so fast and there's uh. a fling and backwards and the edge just touched here. And it's, t- and I watched you put together the Howie, but not only that, when you missed, and I don't know that you want to tell people you did. And, and, and that, no, was, no, that was the most impressive thing because <laughs> you just kept going and going and going and going and going and going until you landed it. And every time you missed, it is deafening the sound of your knee pads hitting the ramp. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying it is fucking violent, you know? And yeah. then I keep thinking, first of all, I think it's violent to watch a 17-year-old do that. Yeah. It's even more violent watching somebody in their 50s do that. And get up with the spring every time and go, you know, most people would go, I'm going to try that tomorrow. But when you realize that this is why, these are the things, these are the things that people do who are successful. And the only difference, I've said this before, the only difference between, I don't know what success for me is not notoriety because that goes away like that. People, no matter how good you are, no matter how, two generations from now, you won't remember who anybody is. Uh, Money doesn't really mean anything. The success, I always say, for me, I found success April 17th, 1977, and that was my dare to get on stage. When you find the thing that makes you happy, but the people, by other people's terms of what are successful, they're the people that just keep going and don't give up. The only difference between anybody listening to this and Elon Musk is he did it and you didn't. Yeah, I mean, I was a pro skateboarder and I was successful at it, and then I started to get older and, you know, from my choices with my body and stuff, my body couldn't keep up and I lost my ability to be good at it and I had to let, let it go. And I, and, and in the end, getting past not being a pro skateboarder and having people recognize me for being a fancy guy on a skateboard, I had to realize like, what, what, what did I get from this? Like if you recognize me at a gas station or did I get any money? Or I remember when you did that one thing from that one stunt. Great. It didn't mean anything. The, the number one thing I got from skateboarding is, I loved it so much. And at one point it was attached to me and I could do anything with it. I could go anywhere with it, make it do anything I wanted. And then when I'd really let go of it and I'd been past being a pro skateboarder and I, and you could ask me and I could be honest, what did I, what do I value from my skateboard career the most? It was that I could use it in a way where I could do airs over what about and just look doing- at you while I was in the air. Now I can't do that anymore. But, I, have, but, but, I have to focus. But but the point is, it sounds like still, you know, you are relying on outside forces. Like it would let me go anywhere. What about just doing it? What about the fact that you're just doing, it? even if nobody's watching, he, I think nobody he means remembers. More that he was in control. Like he had, he had it so dialed that he was just in control of it, in control of his destiny, in control of how he. Yeah, I think did I'm, it. I think you're on the. I agree. The best thing I got from skateboarding was skateboarding. Not and right. and 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 putting so much work into it and using it in a way where I was like, you have in not your the spoils, way, not the spoils. Oh yeah, not yeah. at all. Just that you've right. mastered riding a skateboard, like and I and right. that I had that whenever I went out. Like when you do stand up, I can tell the dudes that are like you that are that that have it. You walk on stage, people start laughing, and you haven't even done anything. No, yet. but that's not that. But you've mastered it. No, because I think that what they're picking up on is I am. You know, my analogy of stand up for me is uh, a lot of people like Jerry Seinfeld have a, an incredible amount of preparation. I yeah. don't. I like it 
it's kind of maybe the same things you guys get from whatever you do is I love when somebody goes, ladies and gentlemen, Howie Man, I love uh, thrill rides. I love rides. I love yeah. roller coasters. Yeah. And the scarier it is and the higher it is and the closer to death, uh, you know, I'm more careful now just because I do, you know, I didn't do that drop in because I'm afraid. I, I don't know what I would be able to say I don't if think- I got it. I think if that guy wasn't here to give you advice, I probably would have done. I think you were going to. Yeah, yeah because I don't get outside myself and I don't yeah. think of ramifications. I saw that. That's a, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So so it, well, it's a good thing. But the the point that I'm making is that you just gotta do it. I think right. Mickey says it best. You just gotta do it, and you gotta do it because you want to do it, and you gotta wake up in the morning and be excited about one thing you're gonna do right. that day. No, you to if be in love with something is. You're the luckiest guy Or you guy can't alive. wait to do it. And right. you've got to be that five-year-old kid that goes, I can't wait till the bell rings at school right. and I'm going to get on that board and just skateboard in the, you know, in front of the 7-Eleven. Yeah. Not, it's not about, it, this is what we're taught. Everybody's going to know me and I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah. That's not, that will no. never bring you, if you're looking for that, that because right. you have no control over externally how people feel about you, how they remember you, what you do with your money, but you do have control over what you're passionate about. Yep. And I, go ahead. I do. Well, I do a lot of speaking gigs, and that that's the one thing I try to convey is like, look, I, I would do this, do this too, and ride my skateboard any day of the week for free, because that's what I love doing. Like I right. just enjoy it so much; it gives me so much happiness and and peace. And it just happens that now I make ridiculous money doing it, but I wouldn't. That's not the motivation. Me that's not what gets me out there, and I can tell when you do your comedy, especially when it's chaotic and unpredictable, that's what's feeding you. I want trouble. I want to, I want to, I want to be buried and, and just try to get and claw out of trouble. But I've heard that from comics too, where it's fascinating that the, the one, the times they enjoy it the most is when others are struggling and failing, but they still think it's funny. Right. And when you're backstage laughing at someone's follies on stage is what, what like, that's well, what but you draws know that, you that, that's, But that's what comedy is. You know, comedy, sometimes people go, well, that's too mean. Or even like when I want to do pranks, you know, there's nothing as mean comedy. I think most people don't have a, a sense of humor. All comedy comes out of darkness. If yep. you are a little kid and you're laughing at a clown falling down, you're laughing at the misfortune of somebody you don't know. Or if they get sprayed in the face, you're laughing at... Or if somebody's telling a joke, I don't necessarily like jokes, but two guys walk into a bar, something fucked up has to happen to one of them in order for <laughs> yeah, it to be right. a joke. Right. So what are you laughing at? So this, uh, this advent of too soon, and especially now with cancel culture, it's really crazy. They've taken an art form and the world is kind of, you know, dousing it with uh, hell. You know, I've, it's really hard for me now. Like I, you, you took a, a picture of me before and I said something and I, I was concerned that what I said, if you post it, and you can post it, it doesn't matter. I did. Uh, oh, fuck. But, 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 <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 but it's he, okay. It's okay. It wasn't terrible. But, but what I'm saying is, there used to be a time when I was growing, <laughs> when I was growing up. No, it's okay. Oh, God. But I said, don't post it. Remember? Yeah, but I thought you were joking. No. You're no. Jewish. I thought we were in the clear. But I would think I would be in the clear. But the thing is that even Jewish, making fun of being Jewish, it. you know, that no, don't erase it. Don't erase it. <laughs> okay. It's, because I don't but believe this, in the But this is fascinating. fascinating. And, and, but yeah, the, the, this, the truth this, is, if I get context. any trouble from it, I will get in trouble from other fellow Jews because we should be sensitive of our heritage. And, you know, this is part of why we were persecuted our whole lives. And there's a reason we had the Holocaust. And I'm not helping the, the cause by making fun. But what I will say in comedy, the art form is that you say things that are shocking because you know they're, they're shocking. Right. And because you know it's wrong, that is the art form. And it's kind of, if you're saying art is like painting, if that's as, as simple as you want to do mm -hmm. it, you're saying you can't use the black paint. Well, I need right. to start with the black paint and then shade it in, and then you will There's see no what rules. it will become. But, you know, there was a time 50 years ago now when if you said something that was really, really offensive, you could get out of trouble just by going, it was a joke. Oh, right. I didn't know it was a joke. Right. And now you can get in trouble for saying that was a joke and that was the wrong way to joke about it. So I do understand that, but I can't totally shut myself up because my passion is just that freedom, you know, which came, and this is not an excuse, but if anybody is angry at me at your post and I, and this is the last podcast they ever hear me on, <laughs> no, don't feel bad. I, I but, but, doubt but, that, but yeah. 
No, but what I'm saying is I don't have control. I have, you know, part of my, this is not an excuse and it's wrong to do things. But I said, everything I've ever been punished for, expelled for, hit for is what I get paid for. I don't, because of my adult ADHD, and maybe I need more, uh, you know, medication. I don't think of the ramifications. Everybody overthinks in our world. I think that's actually a problem. I think our human instinct, if we would just do what we mm. do, then, and those are the people that are successful, they just do it, you I know? try to do that. You tr but it's really hard to do because there's always a reason, I'm going to do something, but if you really think about it, you go, yeah, you know what could happen? This could right. go wrong. Yep. Or I did it before. And, and this I've is paid what a price for it. So and now I've been. So I won't do it. Yep. Whereas if you just did it, you, there's no way, you know, that's why I always say yes to everything. I always say like, if you say no in your mind, if you say no, that's N-O, which are the first two letters in the word nothing. Nothing comes from no. Yeah. You know, you just got to go for it. Right. And with comedy, I don't, I don't know that I'm going for it, but, you know, and I say a lot of things that possibly are offensive possibly are wrong, mostly not funny, but I can't stop myself and, and I just do it. And, and you know, the truth of the matter is when you're skateboarding, not everything you do is a spectacular, when you're just skateboarding. No, no, right, <laughs> not at all. What I'm saying is <laughs> oh, yeah. those moves yeah. are far and, and few, but, but you hit them and you yeah. do them and you hit them, but most of it is just rolling and you try, but if you stop yourself and you overthink, or I'm not going to try that, or I could fall down, or I'm not going to do this, or that's too dangerous, or if you hit the edge, you know what could do? If you, you could stop yourself with your mind. And that's why most of the people are living today on the cushion of shoulda, coulda, woulda. And the people sure. who are above yep. are just the people who did. I the think bet. comedy and skating are so similar. Yep. Like when you're trying something, the nerves of trying something, and then the outcome is like, okay, so if you don't do it on a skateboard, you get hurt and then there's pain. But to me, I'm still very new at comedy, but now I have a set and I've been working on it. And and a, a recently, a couple of people in the front of the audience didn't really didn't like one of my jokes. Like, not that it wasn't funny, just that it was offensive. And I was like, oh, I did not mean to like bum this one person out. Yeah. Like my whole life is no, I can't even hear the rest of the people laughing. This lady is fucking disgusted at me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I hadn't had a reaction like that yet. I'm like, she did die. And I did fuck her. So it's not like, I'm just saying not the facts. No. Not, not in that order. But because I put on the end of this story that she's dead, right. this person was like, oh, that's the end of that. But you see what you did that was good? And you it called out, but it affected you. So I, I tell a story. It did I, I, I tell a lie. story in my, in my uh, in, I, I wrote a book. I wrote a biography years ago. New York Times bestseller. By the way. Me too. Well, I went to it. I didn't wash my hands. But we both did. Yep. New okay. York Times to sell. It's very well, similar. Us. And we're bald. And we're bald. Just saying. Okay. So, but but I talked about how, Birds you know. feather. <laughs> yes. No feathers. We're bald. <laughs> okay. That's right. So. Aerodynamic. Yes. I cu it cuts like three seconds off of my day. I'm definitely early for sure because I'm bald. <laughs> yes. So the, the point is that, you know, one of the, uh, I've told this story so many times, but I, I, I was playing, I won't go into the whole story, but I'll talk about, it. I, I was, it was an epic night of a concert. And there was, uh, that night was like for 14,000 people or whatever. They are roaring and screaming. And as a comedian, and I think it's probably the same with skating. If you can get into a rhythm when you feel it, like if you're overthinking, then other yeah, things that are zone. usually easy, you zone, yeah. you'll, you'll fuck yeah. up. But mm -hmm. if you just get in the zone and you're hitting everything, yeah. you yeah. get into the flow. And I think that's our brains. That's our mind. You can get into the flow or you can get stand in the way of yes. whatever you're doing. It's a, everything is a mind fuck. So I'm just killing. And I look down on the front row and there's a guy not even looking at me, just sitting at the side. He's looking the other way. He's got his arms crossed. He's not even fucking looking at me. And my whole show, I'm kicking ass. 13,999 13, people <laughs> are pissing themselves. Yeah. And there's one guy in the front row looking the other way, yep. and it kills me. And I just stopped it. I went, and, and I'm on a flow. I'm on a roll. And I went, wait, because I couldn't. I couldn't. And I went, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, yeah. I just went there, you know, and I'm going, like, I should have just, nobody else in the room right. knows that No that one guy, even saw that he wasn't Nobody saw, right. and big, you know, you can't. 
you can't have everybody love you. And I went, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah. He's not looking at me. His arms are crossed. He looks up in the, uh, in the sky. He looks to the left. He's avoiding me. Like, what the fuck is he doing? And the lady beside him goes, he's blind. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And I, without thinking, I went, he's blind. And then you hear the whole audience. I didn't have to even repeat right. it. Just, I went, he's blind. And the whole, you could hear the hearts of 13,999 people just <laughs> dropping in the stomach. I go, I just fucked up. I just fucked up. Yeah. He's fucking blind. And I went, it, it just, and it stopped. You never saw the air. It's like letting the air out of the fucking blimp. It's like the Hindenburg of comedy. It's just burning. Yeah. We're crashing. It's finished. I'm in a dark hole. The fear, I could feel like the sweat just shooting out of oh, me. Like wow. I'm, I'm, I can't, I can hear my heartbeat. I'm in a room with 14,000 <laughs> people. And then it just hit me. And I wasn't even trying to be funny. I just went, why the fuck? Why the fuck would you buy a blind man a front row seat? Why didn't you save money and yeah. put him in the fucking balcony and lie to him and tell him he's in the fucking front oh row? God. And the audience- It's very funny. The, the yeah. audience, I won them back. They back. roared and, and they won them back. And, and those are the kind of moments that are, that's that roller coaster that yeah. I talk about <laughs> where I go, I'm, this is going to go down in the history. But, this is the end of my career. And then boom, I get them back. I, I would have to say there's a, there is an elite, few select comics that could pull that off. No, yeah. I think I that, believe uh, that. No, I believe that we can, I think that's a, a template for life. I think that's the same thing as you're doing in skating. The point is that if you are authentic, the, everything that I did there, I'm an average human being. Everything I did there is just without any thought. And I think if human beings do things, it's a pro adjustment. I understand that, but but it's but, a professional adjustment. Yeah. Not all through experience men and through. I mean, but and through the skill set that you yeah. you created for years, yourself. But that's why the difference between me and somebody that you don't even know is they probably just stopped. There's so many people that yeah. tried things. But I, you look at Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was getting standing ovations each and every night. I started out with him. You know, we're both from Toronto, uh, and yeah. and and he was the best, the best impressionist. And he did amazing. And then he went, fuck it. I don't want to do these impressions. I don't want to play Vegas and be like Danny Gans and, and who played Vegas. Very nice guy. But yeah. it was very milk toast. Yep. You know? And then he started showing up at the comedy store and doing these obtuse things that made him laugh. The audience would just stare at him. But he turned into this, this really brilliant, thoughtful, award-winning icon and that's because he was true he knew he was there was no doubt that he was going to be as world renowned as he is was it a lot of work that he looked like he was like did he was he in there constantly working on this constantly and he went from and i'm talking about maybe a year or two he talks about it because um I got, Dave, to, I got to see a, a live taping of living color when he was on it yeah, in Living Color. Well, it, it, that was right before in Living Color, and yeah. he joined in Living Color, and he was kind of just the white guy. Yep. You know, and it, it, but he was brilliant. And the thing is that that was different. And he was doing characters, and, yeah. you know, the fire marshal, uh, yeah, you know, and, and all those great characters. But before that, he was doing, you know, uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and every everybody your parents might know, right. you know. And yep. for him to walk away, and he did traditionally just he walked away from all the traditional stuff yeah. and he wanted to be true to what he thought was funny and what he thought it was outrageous yeah he he could have just he, he had done the tonight show he probably could have gotten a room at the at the in vegas it's not what he wanted to do right. when you're authentic to yourself when you don't worry you know then good things happen i could have not i could have said i killed that night and not noticed that guy, I would have noticed that guy, but not say anything. Yeah, you know. But it just happened, and I didn't. I didn't think, and because I didn't think, and I wrote. You know, sometimes you get inside your own head when you're doing a yeah. trick, right? Okay. So I want to. I'm trying to bring this full circle, but today, trying to do this trick, your trick for you, there was a moment after about eight or ten tries where I wasn't really getting closer each time, and I thought I'm not gonna. This isn't gonna work. Yeah. And and at that moment, I went, I'm this is gonna work. Fuck, I'm seeing this through. I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna force it. And the one that I made for you I knew he was, was gonna say this because I caught terrible. it. Terrible. Yeah, he had to it make was an adjustment. Not, I should not have made that yeah. one. I shouldn't have tried to come in, but yep. I was forcing it because I, I had I to see it. it through. Yeah. 
He was so in trouble. So isn't that a great template for life? That's what I'm trying to say is, is that that's, that's where we're at. And you got to see, you got to follow your passion. You have to see it through. And it's not for fame or fortune. It's for what it brings you. And also <laughs> what the, the pressure was on for me to do it for you and your crew. And I was like, this is going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. And they were happen. both, yeah. both stories, both required. I know that there's like natural things happen, blah, blah, blah. But I do a little bit of stand up and I skateboard. You made a critical adjustment and could have hurt yourself making that adjustment. I was like, mm, that's not the one. And you were like, it is. I was like, wow, that was muscly. Your reaction to the guy finding out he's blind, that is a pro uh, reflect, like a, a reflex where yeah. you were like, bing, bing. Yeah. Like that only pros have that tide of a reaction where the whole, you were like, oh my but God, then, I'm but, drowning. But, but to get to be a pro but, is just following your passion, doing it day, right. day, but day in, he, day out. If he was coming in for that trick and saw that it wasn't something that he should, if he would have had the thought that this is not coming up right, that would have stopped it. Yeah. But his right. thought was, it's, it's all, everything, everything from physical to mental is all mindset. Life is mindset. So like confidence. Everybody, I, confidence is, a, is just makes people understand. I don't know what it is, but everybody, whatever, who's ever listening to this or watching this, everybody's where they are supposed to be. You really are. And your life may be shit. You could change that. You yep. really can change that if you, wanting it isn't enough. No. Needing it isn't enough. Doing it is what it takes. Yep. Howie. What a great way to end. Hey, thank you. Thank Thanks you, Thanks for buddy. coming down here. Thank you. Thanks for- I didn't wash um, my hands. You're good. Thank you. <laughs> it's the least I can do for you. Thank you, buddy. No, I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I know, I know. You ruined my career. No, and I, I know like this This is your whole day yeah. and I appreciate you devoting Thank it to you. us. Well, it's, and not, it's not my whole day. My whole day is going to be on the 405 heading. <laughs> I saw what car you're driving. You're in, the, you're in the carpool lane. I know. Well, I just want to say- Friday night. Hell, I know. Oh, it is I, Friday. This Ooh. isn't live. Wait a second. It's Friday. Are These people like that? that are listening, yeah. don't worry about their drive. It was awesome to have you here as a skateboarder comedian guy. Holy shit, holy shit. And I'm just shithead hanging out here. Look at me, mom. Look at me. Thank you, both of you, for existing. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Shopify presents cool sheets from AHA to... I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.